0: Hi, I'm Cassie, host of the curiosity junkie podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button to follow us and receive new episodes each week. If you really enjoy the podcast and you're feeling generous, please hit the donate button. We work hard to create original content and keep the podcast ad free. Today's guest is here to talk about racism. Please welcome Michael Gamble to the podcast. Hi, Michael Gamble. Welcome to the Curiosity Junkie Podcast.
1: Hello. (laughs) So excited to be here with you. I am so
0: happy to have you on. Um, We talk all the time because we work together. And we've just had so many great conversations that I wanted to have you on. Well, actually, you came up to me the other day and said, (laughs) uh, it's Black History Month. When are you going to have me on? (laughs) Yes, yes. And I said, how about this Thursday? So yeah. I want to talk, I want to start with, and how you grew up, a little bit of like early life. You've had some interesting jobs. You've done yes. some amazing things. And so I want to just kind of talk through your life as a Black woman, because yes. it is different than my life yes. as a white woman. Yes. So let's talk, uh, let's start with kind of how you grew up. What was it like growing up in your family?
1: Okay, so there were six of us, mm-hmm. um, four girls, two boys, and then one of my cousins from Chicago ended up uh, being raised with us. So in the Black culture, if there is a child that's having difficulty somewhere, the strongest assembly, like my father, mm-hmm. would take that child and, uh, you know, ru- uh, raise him you okay. know, to give him more discipline or more direction. And right. so this cousin of ours lived in Chicago and got involved with gangs and had to come live with us in Michigan. Right. My father was very uh, strict. Actually, he was a little OCD, so everything had to be perfect in our house. Oh, wow. We had iron in his underwear because oh, he was God. that, <laughs> yes, yeah. So, uh, you know, we had, I grew up, my dad was a plaster initially. He started as a plaster, his father was a plaster, and that was the trade in their family. But my dad was different, so he uh was the first black uh to get a liquor license uh in the town I came from, actually in Michigan. Wow. And uh so he opened up a nightclub and um we, you know, lived pretty pretty good. And, uh, so I was raised in that kind of environment. We lived around all of our relatives. So Mm -hmm. my uncle lived down the street. His brother lived across the street. My aunt lived around the corner and we were raised together. You know, it was, it was, you don't appreciate it when Mm -hmm. you're doing it, Mm -hmm. but you appreciate it as you get older. And so, um, you know, my children's cousins my sisters and i raised our children together mm-hmm. so we took each other's children every summer that gave everyone a break Hi. so we rotated them um so we really were were very close and there's six of us we're all still living uh we're all still uh connected um, some live in georgia and some still live in michigan and of course i live in arizona so uh i was kind of bad um no <laughs> yeah, growing up and uh, I ended up getting kicked out of junior high school I beat a girl up and I got kicked out and almost ended up in juvenile home but because my dad was connected politically and uh he owned no business he said he would take care of it take care of me and so <laughs> I ended up going to an all-white school I got kicked out of my school and I ended up in an all-white school wow. and okay and so
0: before I, was it Was it all black or what? Uh, We had
1: two white families, Uh, Mm -hmm. another family with the same last name as ours. That was White Adams and a Hollingsworth. I'll never, uh, Kathy Hollingsworth. She was in my class all the way through uh, elementary school. Those were the white families that lived in our area. But if you know anything, so if you know about Michigan, you know about Michigan State, University of Michigan. Well, we lived in Lansing, which was connected to East Lansing, is where Michigan State was.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So we have a very rich, um, our elementary school still has reunions. And our junior high school just stopped having reunions. Oh, my so goodness. every so many years, we all got back together. That's fantastic. And uh, just amazing history. Mm-hmm. You know, we all live, we are still very connected. I'm still connected to my four-year-old girl. She was four and I was four. Wow. We went to high school together, junior high school together. Still very connected. So connected.
0: That's a wonderful thing, I think, to grow up knowing you have support and something yes. larger than the family. It's like a community. Yes. of people, I don't care what color you are, that yes. is a powerful way to grow up.
1: Yes, yes. And it instills principles in you and values in you. So mm-hmm. remember, um, well, you don't know, but I grew up, uh, I was in uh, the NAACP, I was a junior representative. Um, I ended up going to New Jersey as a representative from Michigan to the national conference. And I can remember walking home from a meeting when Martin Luther Martin Luther King got killed. Mm. Wow! And I can remember tearing up. Uh, it was, uh, it was undescribable. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so. Undescribable.
0: Yeah, especially since you were active.
1: Yes, you it was hor- horrific. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even the riots from the town we had riots. And I, I, I decided then to become a police officer. Oh my goodness.
0: How old were you when you came to that? Uh, eighth grade. Eighth grade. Okay. You're eighth like, grade. all right. Eighth grade. I'm going to be a police officer. Yeah. And what My uncle got murdered
1: that? Oh. by the police. Oh. And uh, I decided that they all can't be bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be one and I'm going to be a good one. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't work out so well. That didn't work out. Uh, I went into the junior cadets and uh, at that time you did dog licensing. The junior cadets, they would go to homes and find out if you had a dog and they would license the dog. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Yeah. It was,
1: it was, it was something else. And there was a female at the time, an older woman who who was a detective. And I just, I mean, I just was like, oh my God, I can do that. I can be that. Yeah, well, yeah, that didn't happen. Anyway. All right, so, so
0: tell, tell me why. Like, what happens? What what makes someone, I mean, you're a kid and you're like, I want to make change. I want yes. it to be a positive yes, thing when, when people look at police. And probably yes. you were thinking as people of color.
1: Yes. I want to yes.
0: change I- the way
1: the police interact yes that was my whole i'm in the eighth grade my uncle who was one of my favorites and then he gets killed Mm. and he's with a white woman now this is i'm in the eighth grade so what uh in the 60s this was not tolerated whatsoever okay right 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 it was not, I mean, it was illegal to marry a white woman. That just seems so crazy, but yeah. Only, uh, I think in Ohio. I think that's where my husband's parents got married because my husband's uh, mom is white and his dad was black and they had to go to Ohio. I think it was Ohio was the only place you could get married if you were a um, a black and white couple. Wow. So I decided that, I always had that, uh, I think, innate uh, ability to, I don't know, I I hate to say control, but be in charge. Mm, I was, yeah, I I probably, well, I'm sure I was in charge of my friends because most of them were afraid of me. But um, you you just, there's something in you or or in me, I think, that decides that you want to do things right. And the right way. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, of course, I went to college in criminal justice, um, had some instructors that really liked me. So I did uh, my internship with the Springfield Police Department. I love it. The worst experience in my life. Mm
0: -hmm. Is this kind of like, do you feel like this is where reality kicks in? You've got a dream, and now you're confronted with the reality.
1: Of racism. World and racism. Yes. Yeah. Racism. Okay. I'm in the car. We go to an incident in the little town called Penfield, Michigan. Okay. And the state police are there because all these little white kids are acting up. Right? Yeah. I'm in the back of the patrol car because I'm doing my internship. And it's nighttime. And so we go to assist the state police because it's in our little town. Okay. And the trooper says, these kids are acting just like niggas. And the officer, I'm in the back to the seat in the car, and he says to me, do not get out of this car. I don't want them to see you because it'll be a problem. Oh, my gosh. And that was the pivotal point for me to say,
0: the hell? <laughs> really?
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: listen, yeah, I'm sure listen. you did not take that well.
1: No, I did, I did not take it. I didn't I'm take it well at all. You
0: didn't get out of the car cuz I know you.
1: <laughs> well, the the problem is these people got real guns and I don't have one. Right. Right. I, I'm I'm a student. Yes. And so uh and I was married at the time and I had children. I got married very young. I got married in high school. I was in 11th grade when I got married. I had a baby in the 12th grade helped my husband through college. He left me with three kids, a six-week-old baby, no job, and no education. So a lot happened in that. Yes, A lot. You
0: you know what I love about your story is you never gave in. You never quit. You just kept pushing forward. Like you said, it's the right thing to do. So I'm just going to get up. I'm going to educate myself. I'm just going to keep pushing like you have i don't want to say fought but really fought your whole life yes
1: create a better world yes yeah so it's interesting when you say that because my name derives from michael it's Mm -hmm. michael but it derives from michael and michael was an archangel he was a warrior and i've always had battles i'm i'm a victorious i'm i'm a I'm a prove you wrong kind of person. (laughs) If it, if, if, if you think it's this way, I'm going to show you, it ain't that way. Right. So, you know, I worked at the prison. Right. I was going to say, say, let's talk about your time in prison. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I end up in prison, right. 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 I'm not on the police force because they are uh, Horrible. Mm-hmm. I interview a couple of times to be a police officer mm-hmm. and they asked me about my sex life. What? Oh, it, they asked me questions that are illegal, but I I didn't know. Right. So I, in, I interview for a way station officer and they say to me, oh, what happens if you need to go to the grocery store? can't go in your uniform how would you do that and I'm thinking to myself well do they ask the men do they gotta go (laughs) to I don't think it's right but hey I'm just trying to get a job this was me prior to me getting in with the Department of Corrections I guess you have to go home and take your uniform off I'm not sure they're like oh yeah Hmm." I don't think you would, you'd you be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so illegal what they did to me. It's unbelievable nowadays. So, uh, of course, you know, let's we'll roll ahead. And I end up calling my girlfriend and saying to her, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I got these kids. I don't know Josh. she says. Call um, uh, the guy that was in charge of the Department of Corrections, the, the HR person was a pastor, Bicey. She said, call Reverend Bicey. He's in charge of hiring for the department. I had scored in the top band, meaning I got 98% on the test. So they couldn't eliminate me because, sorry, I happen to also be smart. Yeah. (laughs) So I call him and he sets up an interview with me for the Department of Corrections. And I get hired immediately.
0: Yes. And what kind of job is that? Like, what is it you're going to be doing there?
1: A correction officer. So I'm working. (laughs) Uh, That was the eye opener, girl. I walk into this is in Michigan. Michigan had the largest wall prison in the world. In the world, it was a walled prison with five thousand prisoners, men. Whoa! I don't. How old are you? 28 point? years
0: old. Going uh, to go in and be a corrections officer? Just officer? And
1: I have no idea what that means. But I'm oh. prouder than I'll get out. I got a <laughs> job with the state of Michigan. I can, you know, take care of my kids. Oh, my God. Right. It was just the best uh, thing ever, right? Right. Until my first day. Mm. So you go through six weeks of training outside you know you're in a classroom you learn to say no prisoners want to offer you things you're like oh no 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 no. they teach you right how to do that you teach you a-, a keto that was a self-defense um uh, m- martial art to help protect you you don't have a gun you know it's you and them and your ability to communicate to them uh you mean business wow so then uh, my first day on the job. So I live in a city and I have to drive 30 miles to my job. Okay. it's good drive. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car. Oh, wow. I car. So, so you- I got on uh, uh, the website. There was a, uh, you could, uh, I forget what you call it. You could connect with someone that also worked there and you could meet them. And they, you would ride with them. It was like a ride share program.
0: Right, right, right. Okay, very cool.
1: I did that. And I got a ride to work. You don't give up. <laughs> then I met a girl who I could stay with during the week. My, I, I got the kids uh, it and I could stay there while I did my, because you had to do so many weeks in right. before you were permanent. You know, officer, girl, I walk inside that penitentiary, and I'm looking around, and they release the men into this big yard, and they're next to you. And I'm like, "What the hell? (laughs) What happened?" I was so scared; I didn't know what to do. I can't even imagine. Like, this guy walks up to me, and he says, "I look at him. It was one of my ex boyfriends." Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. He walks up to me. and He says, I want you out of here by the summer. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know how I'm going to get out of here because I got to have a job. So yeah. he said, don't worry about it. I got you. Nobody mess with me. Wow. Can you imagine? You are 28 years old and you're in the midst well, first of all, the first reckoning was, these are all, this is where the black men are. They're in prison, what the hell? It was crazy. I've never seen so many black people in my whole life in one place. Oh my God, okay, that is sad too. It was sad, but statistically, mm-hmm. there were more whites in prison then in 1982 than blacks. Really? Yes, statistically, yes. If it all in the, in the whole United States, right. but there were so many black men, I just couldn't believe it. I was I was in awe. Oh, that's where you were. That's where you are. Oh my god! Like you're in college. Oh my god, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it was crazy. So my first prisoner encounter was a prisoner wanted me to bring him a a pen file. Hey, you know, just the entry board. You know the paper ones. You know you use them, right? Well, that's your first uh, encounter with, are you going to do? Uh uh-huh. I'm like, you know me. I do. <laughs> you lost your mind. If you think I'm getting ready to lose my job to bring you in, hey, I don't bring anything in and I don't take nothing out. Know that. And that's how you had to be. Yeah. And so you build up this demeanor, which I already kind of had mm-hmm. from elementary school. Yeah, had a little tough girl uh, to in you, yeah? Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, and and actually, you know, being through your husband leaving, you got to raise these kids. You know, you you build up that um, defense mechanism that enables you to just keep moving, just keep rolling, keep pushing through. And that, you, that's that's what happens.
0: Do you think it's really a defense, or do you think it's like survival mode? You go into oh, survive. Yes. I've got to survive. I will do whatever it takes yes. to. Survive, get my kids taken care of. Yes. Yeah, I could, I could and try.
1: I had to survive the white men in the prison who <laughs> yeah. were in charge. Because uh-huh. I'm a black woman. In 1982, in a male prison, all of the guards, 90% of the guards' officers are white. Oh, the wow. captain tells me, you smell too nice, you look too nice, we're going to get you fired. He tells me that. Yeah. And I'm telling you, for 25 years, they worked on trying to get me fired. But you they couldn't. kidding. No, they did <sighs> Unimaginable. One of the young women that got a job in the prison, they killed her in the prison. Josephine. I'll never forget that. Yeah, they killed her. And of course, they blamed it on a prisoner. Mm -hmm. it wasn't and those are the you you got to battle the prison you got to battle the prisoners and you got to battle the staff i ended up of course because i I ended up going to college getting my degree and promoting women sued the department of corrections and a class action suit that in that enabled us to now promote and work inside prison units nice I was part of that class action suit. I got promoted. And I'm telling you, the battle was just beginning. It got worse
0: as you... Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. The higher you get, the worse it got. Wow. And I ended up, you know, captain, a lieutenant, an inspector. I ended up uh, promoting higher. But the higher I got, the worse it got. Mm. I mean, the battle was just trying. I got rode up. 21 times.
0: Or like what? Give me an example of something that they would write you, you up. You
1: looked at me like you were going to kill me. <laughs> you said, uh, hey, so be it. Really? Yes. You got written up for that? Yes. And suspended. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was... When you think of all of the... um I think of John Lewis and uh, good trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you're, you don't realize you're making ways and, and opportunities for other people because I ended up being a recruiter for the department of corrections and hiring thousands. I started, there were only 5,000. When I left, there were 25,000 employees, Oh my gosh, wow. There were 10 prisons when I started and 42 when I left. I can't even imagine. and you're making inroads, you're digging roads for the women that are gonna come because there were very few women and, 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 and very few black women when I started. And it was horrific. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a my husband died. While I was working, he was a deputy warden. Right. And my deputy told me, if you buy a new car, I'm going to call the IRS on you. And why? <laughs> you know, I didn't even write. It didn't, what? What is that? <laughs> they, I had a captain who liked me. And, and they told him, you write her up. And he said, for what? Make something up. And he wouldn't. And they put him on midnights. Oh, my gosh. Him and I are still friends to this day. This man said, I will not write her up for nothing. Good for him. But they are the captain that did. Yeah. Uh, we don't like the color of your socks. Yeah.
0: Anything they could. So you do this for 25, 30
1: years? 25 years.
0: 25 years. I can't even imagine. I don't know that most people would have lasted a few. What do, what do you think the average is that someone does that job? Um, okay. So
1: <laughs> I had two daughters that I got jobs there. One is still there. She's got 23 years in and one lasted two years. Okay. Yeah.
0: So yeah. there could be some longevity there. And I would imagine yes. it's not staying in the, oh, what would it be? Where... the prisoners are but advancing yourself
1: yes yes officer rank under that Mm -hmm. yeah you you, officers so like prisons i'm sure most of the viewers under know about detroit michigan you know detroit is you know percent black well they had two prisons in detroit and those were managed by most officers but i i worked in a in ionia (laughs) <laughs> if you can oh. just just say Ionia, Ionia, <laughs> yeah, just say Ionia was well, all white. It was all white town. Wow. And here I'm driving into, and me and a few other black officers are driving into Ionia, KKK. Oh, wow. And you you got to put up with the city you in. You got to put up with the prison you in. Got to put up with the prisoners. Imagine that workers. Now Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah. So, your strength to
0: me, I mean, that just says volumes about who you are and the strength that you have to just persevere because you you stayed for 25 years. Yes. You, you advanced the whole time. You educated yourself. Yes. Um, you, you just continued to be a better
1: human being. Even but you get paid less. Pregnant. Listen, you can get paid less, treated bad. And you're just trying to do the same thing as your white counterparts. You're just trying to make a good life for yourself. Yeah. So imagine for all of these years 68 years you've been hustling, you've been struggling, you've been pushing. Even the job that I currently have, they've been in business 35 years. I'm the first Black they've ever hired.
0: Michael Gamble and I want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in, listening, and watching to part one of this two-part series. Michael and I wanted to share an open and honest conversation between friends about racism, white privilege, and how we all just want to be loved and to belong to something bigger than ourselves. Join us next week for part two of this series on racism. You will find links in the description to connect you with systemic racism statistics, talks, and books. There are some amazing humans having difficult conversations about systemic racism and how we can work to eliminate it. Thank you again for tuning in, listening, watching. Stay safe, stay curious, and I'll see you next week.